0: You don't need special gadgets to be a hero. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere, the Capital One Quicksilver card makes you the hero of every purchase. Whether it's headphones, a lounge chair, or even a well-deserved massage. Whatever the Quicksilver purchase, you're the hero. No fighting bad guys, getting in epic car chases, or parachuting out of buildings required. Simple, isn't it? The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet?
1: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com slash stuff and use the offer code stuff.
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from
2: HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant. That makes us Stuff You Should Know. And Jerry's here, too, so it's all good.
0: The original gang. Yep. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm great. Good. Okay, then. <laughs> Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah, do you have a good setup for this one? No, I don't. No?
1: no, I think it kind of speaks for itself. I mean, it's bipolar disorder. Like it, we, It's been around long enough, and I think it's been um, exposed... Sure. Enough. People have been educated enough that, you know, anything I do would just seem jackassish. <laughs> uh,
0: well, we were just talking before we hit record about whether or not we know anyone who has bipolar disorder. And I think most people probably know someone. You might not even know it, but, um, I definitely like, I had a very specific friend in college who had it. And, uh, that was, you know, I was like 20. So it was, you didn't know about that stuff. Right. When you were 20, at least I didn't. So it was very weird. That's the first time I'd ever heard the term. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he fit the profile as far as being super up and uh, full of life and energy one moment and then super down and very troubled, to say the least. Yeah. And this was – these are words I'm using from my 20-year-old self. You know, I just thought, man, he's like –
1: He's super up.
0: Super happy. Or now he's super down. But that's that's sort of a rudimentary way to describe it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, that
1: is bipolar disorder in a nutshell. That's why they used to call it manic depressive disorder too. Yeah, when did they stop that? Uh, I think maybe in the nineties. Yeah, it seems like to me. Sounds about right. Um, and you're you're not too far off from everybody knowing somebody with bipolar disorder because apparently about five point seven million adults in the U.S. are diagnosed with bipolar disorder and i think 3% of the population worldwide uh, is estimated to suffer from it
0: yeah and uh, you said adults um it can uh manifest itself in children but generally um teenage mid-teenage years and up is is when you're going to first start seeing signs of it
1: yeah 15 to 25 from yeah, what i understand in general yeah um and as you said chuckers like the the condition of bipolarity um is characterized by intense, frequent swings from very, very happy to very, very sad. And it's much beyond the average person's mood swings. Because I mean, like, if, if you're 15 years old and you're listening to this and you're like, well, sometimes I'm unhappy and then other times I'm sad, that's normal. Yeah. Um, this is far beyond normal, like where you are in either case, like you say super up or super depressed um it's nowhere near what you are normally yeah and in some cases of the most severe bipolar disorder there is no normal it's either totally one way or totally the other yeah and the person suffering from it just swings back and forth maybe over the the course of a couple weeks yeah um and lives like that
0: yeah uh, sadly, um, we have a couple of stats about the effects. Uh, we'll get to early here. Uh, you are 40% less likely to have a job, uh, if you are bipolar. Yeah. That seems really high. Yeah. Um, 10 times more likely, uh, to abuse alcohol or drugs, which is, has a cyclical effect because alcohol and drugs are really rough on you if you have bipolar disorder.
1: Well, yeah, they can trigger a swing one way or the other.
0: Yeah. I saw that in my friend actually in college. For oh sure. yeah. Yeah. And fifteen percent of bipolar patients uh, successfully commit suicide out of the twenty-five to fifty percent who try it, and those numbers are startlingly high. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's very high. That's some... start startlingly. Startlingly. Is that a word?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> um. So let's talk about this. What's the what is? I've already kind of given a, a rough overview, but let's dig into the symptoms of bipolar disorder.
0: Yeah, you're, they're basically. Um, They characterize two swings, uh, mania and depression. Uh, if you're having a manic episode, you're going to be in a great mood. You're going to be high on life. You're going to have a lot of energy. Uh, you're probably going to be talking really fast and it's called uh, lageria. Say what? Loggeria. What's that? Excessive talk, talkativeness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just really fast thoughts, like everything. What was that movie with, uh, Brad Cooper, and De Niro. Oh, uh, he... Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Although that is what other movie have those two been in together? The the one with um where you take a pill and you can like tap into more of your brain, which is De Niro was in that too. Yeah, I don't know the name of that movie. I know what you're
1: talking about. It wasn't
0: a very good movie, but Brad...
1: exceptional or amazing or
0: <laughs> oh, something I like can't that. Remember? Yeah, this is at the point when people are yelling into their. Car stereos. <laughs> in- including
1: Bradley Cooper. Yeah. He's like, you idiots.
0: I, yeah, and I can't believe I just forgot about Silver Lining's playbook because that directly covers this. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was tra- talking about was the manic. He was almost manic in that other movie where just ideas all the time at, at hyper speed mm-hmm. and he just couldn't do them fast enough. Yeah. So that's characteristic of a manic episode. <laughs> Sorry, Bradley Cooper. Uh, you're distracted, you don't maybe need as much sleep. You're restless. You're yeah. irritable. You might want to have a lot of sex. Yeah. Like everything's just uh magnified, I think.
1: Yeah, and with a manic episode, there are often like all of this is often accompanied by a sensation of euphoria. So most people who suffer from bipolar disorder. Don't go seeking treatment when they're in a manic state.
0: Right. Because they can like that.
2: Yeah.
1: For some people, a manic state, you can have all these things, but it's instead of accompanied by euphoria, it's accompanied by irritability, uh, quickness to anger. Sure. So it's not all, it's not all fun and games for everybody. But for the most part, if you're in a, a manic episode and you're bipolar, you're, you enjoy the manic episodes way more than you enjoy the depressive episodes.
0: Yeah. And I think both are super rough on friends and family because in the manic state, you, you don't know quite what you're going to get. You know?
1: Right. Well, like you may, you engage in, um, very risky behavior. You may make a bunch of, um, risky investments. Yeah. You may buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it can go so far as to, uh, you can have psychotic symptoms. So in a manic episode where you're displaying psychotic symptoms, you may think you are God. Or totally um, infallible, untouchable, can do no wrong, and then that can feed into the the symptoms of you know engaging in very risky
0: behavior. Yeah, you could even hallucinate, right? Like full on see things.
1: Yeah, you suffer from delusions and hallucinations.
0: Uh, So the DSM says that if you have a certain number of manic symptoms um, for at least one week, then that is considered a manic episode.
1: So. That has kind of changed. Oh, like yeah. apparently, with the DSM five, this is DSM four stuff. Gotcha. With the DSM five, they um, really kind of. They, I think the, the prevailing idea was, what's with this whole um, bipolar, uh, other otherwise specified, right. not otherwise specified. Yeah, that's just a total cop out, which we'll get to in a minute. But the idea that there's like this. You don't fit this one or this one, so you fit this generic third category. I thought the same category. thing, actually.
0: I'm glad that's changed.
1: I think they've kind of dug into diagnosing it even more. Changed some of the thresholds and exclusionary criteria. Yeah. And now, um, it's a, it's supposed to be a little more laser guided. Yeah. Um, but one of the ones, one of the things they did change was that, for example, um, I think as little as five days of an episode is enough to constitute a diagnosis. Right. Rather than like a week or two weeks or something right. like that. That makes
0: sense. Yeah. Um, and then you have hypomania, which is uh, sort of like mania light. Um, it's just a less intense version of right. mania. Um, so that's the, the manic swing. The depressive side of the coin uh, is exactly what you think, but like amplified by a million. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just sad. You feel despair and you're sluggish and you can't focus on. And you're restless and you're irritable. Um, the, these are where the suicidal thoughts are coming. So it's, it's not your garden variety, uh, depression. Right. That you might feel on a day to day basis. Cause we all feel that.
1: That's right. And you might also experience, um, mixed symptoms, which is called a, a mixed episode. So for example, you might have, um, uh, like a lot of intense energy. Yeah. But you might also be suffering from feelings of utter despair, which sounds like a horrible combination. Yeah. Um, and basically, you can take, say, any mania, and then add um, just some some of the depressive, like suicidal thoughts, manic right. suicidal thoughts. Right, right. That would be a mixed episode.
0: Right, and then you have something called uh, rapid cycling, which is uh, when these swings are presenting themselves. Do you know what DSM five says? Like uh,
1: I couldn't find that it had a, a lot of um, changes to the rapid cycling. I okay. think that what they found was that um, drug that doesn't necessarily respond to drugs very well, right. And they've, they've kind of started to understand rapid cycling a little more, but I don't know what they changed to the diagnostic criteria
0: for that. Well, here they, they characterize it by a year of at least four episodes of mania hypomania or depression
1: right so like if you have four episodes in a year you've you've got rapids apparently that's rapid right i think it can be a lot more rapid than that i think like that's the minimum to be considered rapid cycling okay
0: uh all right so what are the uh different uh types of bipolar disorder today there's
1: definitely bipolar one right which is essentially your your life is going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Right. There's not periods in between really where you're um where where you're, you're stable. Right. That's the most severe obviously.
0: Yeah, uh you have bipolar 2 which um the sequel. <laughs> that's right. Uh that means you have at least one episode of depression and one uh, at least one hypomanic episode. Uh but you could feel, you know, somewhat stabilized in between. Right which is
1: a big differentiator sure. apparently between 1 and 2. Um and then like we said there used to be bipolar disorder not otherwise specified, aka the cop out. Right, and it was there was a lot of people who were just kind of fitting into this and weren't necessarily getting the the right diagnosis. Yeah. And I guess they've expanded the the criteria um for bipolar 1 and 2. And then they've also kind of looked into um massive depressive disorder. Uh-huh. Uh, and then said, well, you—you you, this has some aspects of mania as well, and that's technically a bipolar disorder, too. So right. they kind of did away with it a little bit, I think, because they thought they were looking bad.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to categorize. I mean, I know they take a lot of heat. It's tough to categorize mental illness because it's so different for everyone. And
1: Well, a lot of people criticize the approach. Yeah. The
0: basis of the DSM is...
1: Tell me how you're feeling. Right, which is flawed in and of itself to begin with, because subjective reporting is just completely unreliable.
0: Yeah, but you can't take a blood test and get a lab result.
1: And then, secondly, to 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 further subjectively interpret those subjective self reports uh, into supposed you know criteria. Yeah and then saying well you have xx and x but you don't have x so technically you're not bipolar right. which means you don't have your insurance won't cover these meds that you need right the whole system's very screwed up which is why they're hoping to do things like create blood tests that right. say ah you have bipolar 1 and it's because of this um these neurotransmitters are messed up so you'll respond very well to this specific dose of this medicine i yeah. don't think we're more than 10 years 15 years away from it
0: Boy, that'd be great.
1: But it's it's going to be a long, horrible 10 or 15 years for people who are suffering the most from bipolar disorders. So yeah, that's true. That can't come fast enough. Uh,
0: and then the final, um, unless that's gone away too, uh, cyclothymia. Is that still around? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the least severe, and that is um, at least two years of uh, hypomania and milder depression uh, swings.
1: And I think also that's, I believe it's still around, but I think it's, um, it's changed a little too. And I think that um, apparently the... Child psychologists of the field said, you guys, there's a lot of um, exuberance and even mania symptoms that are totally normal in adolescence. So let's let's tighten this up a little bit because we don't want kids to be diagnosed with bipolar just because their parents think that they're hyper.
0: Right. Put my 15-year-old on lithium. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I think that they managed to kind of change the criteria for cyclothymia, saying this is just above the normal threshold of mood swings.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so like we said, they don't know, or I don't know if we did, they don't still know what causes it directly. Um,
1: nor do they know how the drugs that treat it are effective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of
0: like, uh, try this out. It's like, we know spaghetti
1: will start to stick to a refrigerator. (laughs) We don't know exactly why, but let's throw it at the side anyway.
0: Uh, but what they do know is that genetics can play a role. You are going to, uh, have an increased likelihood to develop it if someone in your, like if your parents had it, let's say, but they also have these odd outliers, like you could be a twin and your twin has bipolar disorder, but you don't. Right. So it's just sort of a mystery still.
1: Well, yeah, it seems like they, that it does have a, people are genetically predisposed and then an environmental factor can trigger their bipolar disorder.
0: Like a, yeah, really but- rough. Childhood or uh-huh. a bad life event.
1: Or something really, really good. Yeah, that's true. But a, a, a sudden swing in normalcy yeah. in a person that is genetically predisposed um, to bipolar disorder is what can kick it off in your life.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, other We already talked about drugs and alcohol. That can definitely trigger um, seasonal changes. I think we've talked about seasonal affective disorder. SAD. Yeah, SAD. Yeah. Which I think... I think most people experience a little bit of that, right? But again,
1: if you're genetically predisposed for uh, the way I, I see it, and this is totally unscientific, but just from researching this, right, it seems like you you there's a normal baseline for brain chemistry, yeah, uh, and it's not a thin line; it's like a, a pretty good sized block, yeah, and it's easy to also get outside of that one way or the other, right? And when you are outside of it, you have the symptoms of bipolar disorder. And if you're bipolar one, you're just constantly going from the top to the bottom
0: of that block and outside of it. That sounds very scientific and easy to understand. (laughs) The block? Well, I mean, maybe not scientific, but easy to understand. Okay.
1: And then if you, if you say have bipolar two, you can exist within that normal range, but you can be knocked out of it. But your brain chemistry is already predisposed to having bipolar disorder by virtue of being able to overproduce or underproduce certain neurotransmitters. That's what I think will ultimately be the understanding of it.
0: Well, I know they definitely tie a lot of mental disorders to either too much or not enough uh dopamine and serotonin. Like it's it's definitely brain chemistry going on. Yes, you know.
1: And that's yeah, they think that that's the um Basically, the basis of it is just fluctuations in brain chemistry.
0: Yeah, like super low serotonin during manic and depressive episodes is, is charted.
1: Yeah, and apparently serotonin is one of the brain, uh, ne- one of the neurotransmitters that are like, everybody calm down. Let's just keep things stable here. Right. That's what serotonin is. And you can have too much dopamine, which can result in both uh, mania and depression. Yeah. And I, I think too much uh, is also present in psychosis too. So hallucinations, delusions, that's why you can have those. During yeah, it's a- such
0: a tough thing to try and study, you know? Yeah. I'm reading that, uh, I started that book, John Ronson, the great John Ronson, who listens to our show, by the way. Yeah. Writer of Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, neat. Yeah, he's a fan. And, um. Hey, John Ronson. His, yeah. uh, his book, The Psychopath Test. I started reading that. Yeah. It's super interesting so far.
1: Is it, uh, semi-historical fiction is it nonfiction? is it totally fiction
0: uh it's sort of a look at how the industry the mental health industry tackles mental health so it's nonfiction. yes that sounds like it's up my alley then yeah i should have said non-fiction right off the bat yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like i'm gonna make you guess
0: yeah i will let you uh i'll let you borrow it after i finish it actually how about that
1: okay and then uh, i will take you up on that right after these messages
0: Uh all right so i guess uh we can talk a little bit about how it is treated uh medication wise um, it is a long term illness it is it is basically looked at as a uh even a lifelong illness right. for most people something that you have to deal with uh forever yeah um medication wise lithium since the 1970s has been the go to uh, it still is. It's a mood stabilizer and it's going to help out with both sides of your mood swings. And apparently if it s- works for you.
1: Right. And I, like, like you said, that's the go-to and it typically like people tend to respond to that. Yeah. It's, it, it
0: it's a go-to for a reason. Sure. Not just because it was first. Right. Or that there's a Nirvana song. <laughs> right. He had, he was uh bipolar, right? Wasn't that Surely. Cobain? Surely. Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, and uh, there are alternatives to lithium because not everybody responds to it. Not everybody has the, the a good reaction to it. Yeah. With a, even somebody who does respond well to lithium, um, they have to keep a pretty good eye on your lithium levels in your bloodstream. So you have to visit the doctor quite a bit. The whole point of, or I guess, the rigmarole that you will go through when you're diagnosed with bipolar and say, I want to combat this with meds. Um, is basically shooting blind, yeah, uh, and using a pragmatic approach to medicating you, and to saying, okay, you're reacting well to this one, right? Let's try a slightly lower dose and see what happens. Uh, and with lithium, in particular, they they keep an eye on it through through blood tests. But with all meds using used to treat bipolar disorder, they're going to really kind of like um, try everything.
0: Yeah, and it's still like, how you feeling? Yeah, yeah, like, tell me how you're feeling. Right. Not let's do this uh test to read on a screen how you're feeling. Still. Yeah. You know. Uh
1: and again, part of the reason why is because they don't quite know how some drugs work. They just know that they do work for some people but not everybody.
0: Yeah, anticonvulsants is another um another one that they use and it's also a mood stabilizer. And I think that calms down the when your brain is the parts of your brain at least that are Uh, ramped up and overacting.
1: Right. One of the ways that it, it affects that is by, um, increasing the amount of GABA in your brain. Yo, GABA? Kind of. (laughs) What does that stand for again? It stands for Gamma Aminobutyric Acid, obviously. Well done. Thank you. It's been a while since I tried to pronounce something hard.
0: Uh, well, you can use the anticonvulsant sometimes even with lithium. Again, it can be a cocktail of drugs that you're on. Right. Depending on what works for you.
1: Uh, atypical antipsychotics can help. Um, they usually, uh, use those after they've tried the lithium. I think they try lithium first. Yeah. Um, unless you're a teenage girl or a pregnant woman. Right. Um, and then, uh, the antipsychotics work because, um, they, affect the amount of dopamine in your brain. Right. And again, high levels of dopamine can lead to psychotic symptoms, which is why they call the drugs that treat those antipsychotics. Right. Um, and then benzodiazepine, aka yeah. relaxants.
0: I think those are used less probably because uh, they're addictive or can be addictive. Yeah. And or then at he- least they're short-term used. Right. Used.
1: And they, yes, they, they use them to uh, promote healthy sleep too. Um, like you said, one of the symptoms, especially of mania is just n- going without sleep. Like you got too much to do. Right. And you don't even need it. So you don't sleep. Um, and one of the, th- th- I, I guess the presence of GABA or low amounts of GABA. Yeah. Which is a, a neurotransmitter that's involved in getting sleep. Yeah. And I believe staying asleep too. Um, kind of underlies this idea that your sleep cycle is off and it's either the result of your bipolar disorder or it's helping to cause your bipolar disorder. Either way, they found that promoting healthy sleep, uh, for example, there's this thing called dark therapy, which is no exposure to artificial light after dark for a certain amount of time, can help promote healthy sleep and can help stabilize uh, bipolar disorder symptoms.
0: Right. Oh, that makes sense. Well, yeah. The, like, uh, it always kills me when I see people on Facebook at like 3 a.m. saying on Facebook that they have insomnia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, well, you've got a little shiny bright screen in your face. Exactly. Start by putting that down. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yes, yeah, so with, this, there's all these little clues out there, Chuck, that like, <clears throat> so many pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are on the table. They just haven't been fit together yet. Yeah. You know, but it, it seems like there is, um, there's a kind of a hornet's nest out there. I've wondered, can you live with bipolar disorder without medication? Right. And apparently there's a big divide in the bipolar community, like there's pro-med and anti-med. Yeah. And I've seen comparisons between talking about like religion or politics or meds right. with bipolar people, it's all the same. Right. Like you want to avoid those things to keep things friendly. Right. <laughs> um, but I've seen that some people are like Yes, you can live without meds, yeah. but you probably can't get to stable right. without meds. Right. Well, once you get to stable, then maybe you can, but um, there's practically no way to get to stable without the help of medications. Yeah. So people who have bipolar disorder will be like, I've been med-free for a year, which is great because it means that they have managed to fight off episodes and triggers, Yeah. but they've done that through... Other therapy too, not just avoiding treatment. Right. Because if you avoid treatment, not only does the does does your uh, condition get worse, it gets harder to treat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, is... the episodes supposedly def- get worse right. as you go. Yeah. uh Well, there are all kinds of therapies that you use along, either in place of your medications or along with, and we won't get too much into these because we've gone through most of them before, but uh cognitive behavioral therapy of course uh family therapy group therapy ECT we did we did a whole show on ECT didn't we yeah we did that was a good one yeah electroconvulsive therapy and um one that i hadn't heard of uh social rhythm therapy i hadn't heard about this either but it makes
1: utter and complete sense
0: yeah and that has to do with um i think getting your yourself and your body on a set schedule is much better for you uh, right. if you have bipolar disorder not only just sleep but just regular regulating your your day and your schedule
1: yeah and i don't think anybody's suggesting that a bipolar disorder is a mind over matter type situation like i think there are very few mental illnesses that are that more clearly demonstrate the brain-based understanding of mental illness than bipolar disorder yeah like you're neurotransmitters and the chemicals in your brain are out of whack. Right. It's as simple as that. Right. Um, what these other non-medication therapies seek to do, especially um, the interpersonal and social rhythm therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, is to get you to confront this thing. Yeah. To confront your condition and learn to understand it, like understand what your triggers are. Understand that you have to have X amount of hours of sleep per night or else you may end up in like a manic episode. Right. Understand that like you just can't drink whiskey. Right. Maybe you can have a beer like every couple weeks or something, but you can't touch whiskey because you'll end up in like a manic or a depressed, like there are triggers out there. And for you personally, these are your triggers. And if you avoid them, you can stay in that stable range. Right. And, and learn to live with bipolar disorder.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, super interesting. Yeah. All right. So right after this break, we're going to talk about uh, whether or not there's a link between creativity and bipolar disorder. Hey, Chuck. Yeah. We've got a pretty good website. Sure.
1: But not everybody does, even though they might want
0: one. Well, we have a team of people putting it together.
1: We do, but just the everyday person walking around out there has a team of people just waiting to help them get their website together. And that is Squarespace.
0: That's right. It is super easy to use. If you want your own website, you can have one with simple drag and drop intuitive features. Yep. You don't have to learn how to code and do all that stuff. And even if you get confused, which you probably won't, they have great 24 seven customer support.
1: That's right. They're very design-centric, and if you want to create a logo, they have an easy logo creator. You can go check it out for yourself at squarespace.com slash logo. Plus, you have something to sell on your internet site? Yeah. Well, all of their plans have commerce options, from hosting an entire store to accepting donations for your personal blog.
0: Yeah, and it's a very responsive design, so your website's going to look great on every device, on your laptop, your tablet, your mobile phone. It is pretty great, my friends.
1: Guys, you can go try Squarespace. Risk-free. You go to squarespace.com slash stuff, and you'll get a free 14-day trial with no credit card necessary. And if you like it, it costs as low as $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year.
0: That's right. So just use our offer code, S-T-U-F-F, and you can get 10% off of your first purchase. That's
1: squarespace.com slash stuff with the offer code, S-T-U-F-F.
0: All right, buddy. There has long been... Um, debate on whether or not, uh, creative people are either more likely to be bipolar or bipolar, uh, can lead to creative genius.
1: Yeah. Didn't we talk about, didn't we do an episode on that? Was oh, it in no. the thinking cap? I think it was in, can the, uh, this thinking cap make me a genius episode yeah, maybe about, so. tra- uh, transmagnetic stimulation. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. But there's that. there's that it's that latent inhibition kind of thing for schizophrenia and creativity.
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely like a laundry list of uh very creative people throughout the years that suffer from bipolar from Beethoven uh, to Jimi Hendrix who wrote manic depression. Uh Sylvia Plath, Edgar Allan Poe, Axel Rose is on the list. Yeah. Graham Greene, Dickens, did I say Dickens? No, but you just did. Uh Francis Ford Coppola, Brian Wilson, of- the Beach Boys.
1: Yeah, he uh, he really w- had a terrible episode after. Um, s- did Smile ever get released? Yeah,
0: and it it just flopped. Well, it got released recently. Oh, okay. Like it but was I'm the lost at the time. album no, right. it never got released at the time. So
1: something happened that set him off. I guess the band, the rest of the band members, wanted to go in a different direction.
0: Well, he was obsessed with the Beatles too, and trying to be better than the Beatles. Right. And, I mean, Smile driven. was
1: up there. It was pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it, it never got released, and maybe that's what triggered his episode. It and started like, the dark years. Yeah. Yeah. And this was long before anybody understood anything. Like, this is prior to the advent of the use of lithium for bipolar disorder. Oh, yeah. yeah. That didn't come around until the
0: 70s. Yeah. Uh, so I have a thing that I like to read. It's a little long. But there's this great article from Slate uh, called "What Does It Feel Like to Have Bipolar Disorder," and it was written by someone uh, named Mills Baker. Uh, and it kind of backs up a lot of what we're feeling here, but gives you just a little insight since uh, we're not since we can't talk firsthand. We'll let Mills Baker do it. Do so you mind? Please. Uh, I think only in their extremes, are mania and depression, uh, actually unintelligible to ordinary folks. That is, at their utmost intensity. They're unlike anything a normal person experiences, um, but at most times they're not at all so different from the maximally intense moods that everyone knows, just more so longer lasting and disconnected from normative causes. And that seems to be one of the, the big points is uh, basically what he's saying is that it's not so different maybe than feeling manic or depressed yourself, but it's way more intense. Mm-hmm. It lasts for way longer, and there's may not be a cause.
1: Right, and... I, I, not to, I, I don't have bipolar disorder, but right. it would seem like th- it's to a debilitating degree, like it affects the rest of your life negatively. Yeah.
0: Um, bipolar is less about short-term mood instability than about long-term mood cycles. Uh, instability is a part of it, but not the only part. Uh, second, the cumulative effect of these cycles on the formation of a personality is significant. So after a childhood of a radically, of radically changing interest and attitudes on such a timeline, one develops a certain excitability, flightiness, distractibility, or perhaps that's just me. Again, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a major part of being bipolar, the personality that is shaped by a lifetime of intense fluctuating moods. So he's taken just a more macro approach. It's going to make you who you are. You can't just look at the bad mood or the up mood. It's going to basically form your personality over sure. the years.
1: Yeah, I would imagine.
0: Uh, to know what it feels like uh, is to know the qualia, the uh, phenomenological experiences a bipolar person encounters that an unaffected person does not. Uh, I don't think there are many of these. Going berserk, being creative, having an awful temper, not being able to trust my own emotional reactions. Uh, these have a certain weight when I list them out. Uh, they can even sound unique, but everyone loses it. Everyone has moments of charisma and creativity and success, strength and achievement, and everyone struggles with himself. Uh, you may not hallucinate, which this guy does, by the way, but I can uh, bet you understand what it's like for your mind to misbehave and react insanely. If you haven't yet lost control of your life, just wait. <laughs> uh, and for me, the most enduring way that bipolar feels different is in how I cannot trust my reactions. I thought this part was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, when someone says something to you and you recognize it as an insult, for instance, as abuse or abuse, uh, you your reactive anger is appropriate and you can commit to it. Or you can make some determination based on your values and your reason, and choose a different course of action. Uh, I can't even trust the person in uh, that the person even insulted me, so I can't trust my emotional perceptions or reactions. So that's got to make you just feel way out of sorts. Well, yeah. If you can't even you know feel like you're trusting your own emotions,
1: right? Like if you that's one that's the one thing that you have. Yeah. Is your how you're feeling about any given situation that makes up your personality in large part. And if that seems flawed to you, that's, that's that's the way to live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then finally, uh, that is the strangest thing about how it feels after the dust of the actual disorder settles more than a decade in uh, the, this guy is talking about his 12 year, I think uh, since he was diagnosed Mm -hmm. Uh, after more than a decade in the open insanity has abated and visits only briefly the idea that I'm a secret artist is absurd. Uh, what's left is a more or less normal life in which I have to emphasize mental hygiene, like prioritizing regular sleep, for example, and in which I always feel doubt about what I think and feel, as we all probably should anyway. Yeah. So he seems, and he's on medication, and uh, it seems like he has a healthy attitude about it. I, I think it's interesting to hear people talking first person about mental illness.
1: Well, it, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot easier for him to talk about it now, too, that he's got it licked.
0: Yeah, or, you know, coping with it at least. Right. Yeah. So you got anything else?
1: I got nothing else. Uh, this is a good one. Hopefully it helps some people.
0: Yeah, thanks to Mills Baker for being open to Slate about uh the disorder. Yeah, thanks to Slate and Mills. Mills and Slate. <laughs> if you want to learn more
1: about bipolar disorder, you can type those words into the search bar at forks.com. Uh, it will bring up a very good article and a bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, and since I said very good article, that means it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this a Shark Correction. <laughs> really? Yeah, remember how we um, talked about sharks basically perfected themselves and haven't changed in millions of years?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Brand- I was like, we haven't talked about sharks in forever. <laughs> now I remember you.
0: Yeah, well, there's some brand new findings, which is pretty excited. And uh, Jake Hayes from New York City, in. Uh, I really enjoyed the Darwin and Natural Selection episodes, guys, and thought you might find this recent study published in the journal Nature uh, that is interesting given the example you gave about sharks. Apparently, contrary to the theory uh, that they've barely changed over the past hundreds or millions of years, they may have evolved significantly, actually, from their ancient ancestors and may not be the living fossils we thought they were. Uh, scientists have thought that shark gills were an ancient system that predated modern fish. However, a newly discovered fossil of a shark that dates back 325 million years shows a remarkably different gill skeleton than modern sharks. Uh, This fossil provides evidence that shark gills have evolved over time and that it is actually modern-day fish that may be the ones with the old gill systems. Uh, The new gill system may have changed over time to help sharks uh, sprint after their prey or pry open their jaws to eat larger things. So, uh... He said he just came across this article, and I saw it all over the place, of course, like, you know, two weeks after we recorded.
1: I think it was even like a day
0: or an yeah. hour or something. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but it's pretty cool info. And that is, uh, once again, Jake Hayes from New York City. Nice. Thanks a lot, Jake.
1: We appreciate you. And I think a few other people will let us know about it, too. Yeah. Um, but, none, but Jake was from New York City. That's right. So we selected him. <laughs> Uh, if you want to let us know you're from New York City, uh, we want to hear about it. You can hang out with us outside of the podcast on Twitter at SYSK Podcast. You can hang out with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. We also have Pinterest, Instagram, the whole jam. You can send us an email to at discovery.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: The National Sales Event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla. With a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more National Sales Event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.